You're listening to Music Tectonics. Welcome back to Music Tectonics, where we go beneath the surface of music and tech. I'm your host, Dimitri Vitsa. I'm also the founder and CEO of Rock, Paper, Scissors. If you've never listened to us before, you might not know that Music Tectonics is also a conference that we're running in late October online and in person in LA, November 2nd. We'll tell you more about that later in the show. In fact, our guest today has been to the Music Tectonics Conference. He's spoken there, and I'm really excited to have the co-founder and CEO of Tribe XR, Tom Impalameni, to the show. How are you doing, Tom? I'm great, thanks. Thanks for having me, Dimitri. Yeah, it's great to have you as part of the Music Tectonics community. Um, we could talk about the conference later, but really, I really want to give a spotlight to what you do with Tribe XR. Why don't we kick it off by you just explaining what it is for anyone who hasn't heard before? Certainly. So, um, yeah, I'm Tom. I'm co-founder and CEO of Tribe XR. Tribe XR is a virtual studio where we allow musicians to practice, play, and perform um, on simulated equipment using virtual reality. Um, so, we've created a room where you have simulated DJ equipment. We started with DJing as our first use case, and you have um, a one-to-one replica of the industry-leading pioneer DJ. Uh, DJM 900 Nexus 2 Mixer and CDJ 3000s. And you can take live lessons, recorded lessons from real teachers and upload your own music, or you can integrate with Beatport and SoundCloud. And once you're feeling comfortable, you can start performing online um, on platforms like Twitch and YouTube and Facebook. And um, this has been you know, growing a lot in the pandemic with a lot of our so the DJ community has been essentially out of work um, with, um, you know, real performances. And so we've seen a lot of professionals come and give lessons, perform online, create streams and so on. I've already, in your first answer to the question, I've already learned something I didn't know. I just thought of you guys as a VR DJ platform. And to hear you describe it as a place to learn and play music and that you've started with DJ equipment, I didn't even realize. Where have I been? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you need, you need to get into VR, Dimitri. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I actually have a Quest too, and I've I've been in to see that you're there, but I haven't actually gotten onto the 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 wheels, the virtual wheels of steel myself yet, which is um, good though, because you know some of our listeners probably haven't too. So we'll have a chance to explain this from the very start. So why did you launch this as a VR platform rather than a video on demand channel or a live stream lesson platform or, or, or who knows a brick and mortar school? What 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 made you do this in VR? Um, we thought about like a problem. So first of all, a bit of context. So we were uh, we are three founders who had come together because we were uh, music fans and musicians but had never DJed. And when we were thinking about, we were thinking about different problems that we wanted to solve um, in creating our company. And uh, we identified that, hey, there's, you know, if you want to become a DJ, there's a lot of friction, the equipment's expensive, there's no um, sort of formal education. Yes, there are DJ schools, but it's not that you can kind of go to university and study DJing, for example. Um, And uh, not only that, but um, if you wanted to learn, you had to, go to a DJ school, pay a lot of money or find a friend to train you or go online and sit with YouTube. And all of those are are great, but they're imperfect. And what we wanted to uh, solve for was to allow anyone anywhere with a VR device to be able to connect in real life with a, with a, in a, in a studio, a virtual studio with a teacher, with other community members and learn how to DJ as if they were in person with that teacher. 
as if they're being shown. And um, that's, you know, if you think about something like masterclass.com or a lot of the traditional learning platforms online, you know, you have to kind of watch a video. And then if you're DJing, for example, you've got to follow along. You've got to stop the video, rewind. Um, and there's, there's certain sort of um, things that video will never be able to achieve that we think that VR can really help with and accelerate the learning. So really, Tribe is about learning by doing, learning by watching and following along and and um, learning using your spatial um, awareness, you know, as if you're in a studio with a real teacher. So you're saying that you had this concept of, of doing something around music education and yeah. you saw that there was this kind of like friction for for DJs to get started, the equipment to even know, are you going to, is this going to work out? You know, like you could Absolutely. buy a bunch of equipment only to find out you don't like it or you're not good at it, or you don't have time for it or whatever. And so you decided just because of the problem you were trying to solve that VR actually connected you with teachers. It, you didn't have to have equipment and you, and it was a better experience than just following on YouTube videos. It is. And, and you have that kind of uh, simulator experience that I know Kung Fu moment. Um, think of it like a fighter pilot learning to fly a plane in a simulator. Um, what we're teaching is a, a, a real skills. You're learning on simulated equipment but then you can take those people out of VR, put them on the real equipment and everything that you should, that you have learned, uh, you should be able to recall. Um, and we, th we think that's a real kind of superpower of VR and it allows people to learn more quickly and it gives them access to virtual equipment that they may not be able to afford. So, you know, the, the top end pioneer equipment is you're looking at about $2,000 per CDJ, another $2,000 for the mixer. And, um, Many, many wannabe DJs won't go out and buy that equipment straight away. They'll start with a miniaturized controller. They'll start with, you know, less functions. With Tribe, you can actually access a virtual simulation of that equipment on day one and start learning on, you know, club standard equipment. I just, I just love that it's the functionality of VR that brought you there as opposed to kind of the, the cool factor or the future factor or whatever. It's just like, no, this is a better way to learn. Um, but it seems like there's also another benefit of it that we haven't really talked about. You sort of mentioned there's a social component to the experience too. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Um, so we, we called our company Tribe for good reason. We wanted to create a community of creators, a community of musicians who are sort of learning and performing online. Um, and what that means in the context of our products is that you can get into a room with uh, a teacher or other students um, for one-on-one, -on -one, you know, back-to-back -back type performances where you're performing together on the same equipment or lessons, or you can even get together for performances, concerts, that type of experience, um, all in VR. And then we also have this kind of second ring, which is actually much bigger, where you can connect from VR into live streaming platforms like Twitch or YouTube or Facebook Live, and now increasingly into other virtual worlds or metaverses, so games um, or you know virtual reality platforms like Outspace or Sansar, and hopefully eventually you know Roblox and Fortnite and those sort of platforms. But the, really, the idea is okay. So we 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 want to turn aspiring creators, in this case DJs into professionals or performers. And the performance piece, you wanna reach an audience as big as possible. You wanna start practicing, but eventually you wanna build your audience. And what we realized is not everyone is gonna have a VR headset and be able to join you in VR. 
So it's really important that the content that you create, the live performances and the recorded content is shareable online everywhere. So increasingly, we've been working on simple ways for DJs to create sets and performances which they can share to anyone on any device. I mean, I love that. We've talked a lot about the metaverse on the podcast and at the conference. You know, we've talked about Roblox and, and uh, Minecraft and all that stuff. We've seen, you know, like The Weeknd and uh, Lil Nas X getting, they must have got into suits, right? To perform their avatars, their giant avatars performing in these virtual worlds. You're basically saying Tribe XR DJs could be could become the performer in that type of experience. Yes. Uh, we actually, you know, we talk about turning aspiring DJs into performing DJs. We see ourselves as essentially developing talent. And for that talent, to amplify that talent, we need to make it easy for them to provide or share their music with the world. And um, so, yeah, that's that's really the sort of output of our learning process of these performances. And ultimately, we see Tribe as essentially providing DJs, providing musicians, providing performers to all of these other metaverses, to all of these other worlds. And I think that's the way that, you know, social media is going. Um, you know, we you, you think a lot of social media as being, you know, Facebook and Instagram and Clubhouse and TikTok, but actually, what's happening is a lot of there's a lot of consolidation, a lot of crossover in all of these different um, platforms now. But really, what's happening is people around the world are members of a lot of these different networks, and they're jumping around between them. And I think the next phase is going to be sort of connecting all of these different places together. <laughs> So I think it's going to be a great opportunity for artists, a great opportunity for creatives to get their their content, their creations out there. I love it. I love it. And I, I love how you're seeing this as a, a place for creators to be in that virtual world or broadcast world from from TribeXR, from from Oculus and, and, and going out that way. But do you see future growth in the actual VR side of social networks? Um, do you think do you think that people will be in VR and metaverse experiences that will replace the Facebooks and the Instagrams and the TikToks of the world? I, I see it more as an evolution. So one you know, you touched on the fact that hey, you started with uh, VR as a means to enable a solution to a problem, which was learning. And um, we see VR not as the product, as it were, but as a as a means of delivery, as a means of connecting people. Um, and we see this type of immersive technology as being a natural evolution of social media. So I think you're already starting to see that. You know, it's now, there's an argument that something like Fortnite is as much of a social network as as Facebook um, and you know, people go there, they hang out for hours, they interact with their friends. Um, so I think the world is going from a sort of 2D social media more to 3D social media and VR and augmented reality is gonna help enable that. What's really interesting is um, Oculus was an acquisition by Facebook. So a lot of the momentum within the VR market has come from that acquisition in 2014. Um, but Oculus itself is both a hardware and a software play, and Facebook is investing pretty heavily at the moment in a product called Horizons. But there are a lot of other metaverses that are also embracing VR. So, you know, Roblox, you mentioned, you know, they're starting to explore like a VR component to that. So, yeah, I think there's going to be this gradual evolution of social media. I haven't got a crystal ball, so I don't know exactly how it will play out, but certainly what we what we are seeing in terms of hardware acceleration, in terms of investment, and in terms of directionality of social media, is that you know immersive social networking is kind of where this is going. And if you think about it in a pandemic context, you know one of the things I, I like 
everyone in the world has spent probably a lot of time on Zoom over the last year and a half. And Zoom is fantastic. It's easy to connect with all your friends around the world, but it would always be much better to be in a room with them or to be able to see them properly, to be able to actually collaborate without having to work on multiple screens. You know, I think these these are the type of use cases that immersive technology is going to solve. And for artists, you know, the biggest complaint I think we've seen from artists streaming their DJ sets is I'm not, I haven't got an audience. I'm seeing them on Zoom screens. And so I think for artists, the evolution of this is going to be to be able to kind of see and interact with your audience. For the audience, it's going to be seeing your artists being able to have, you know, some sort of interaction that goes beyond just chat chat boxes next to your stream love it yeah uh, definitely think that will that will help this uh, remote experience of interaction uh if it's more dynamic um yeah. which which sounds super cool look we have to take a quick break and when we come back i want to get a little deeper into the origin story um so let's take that break and we'll be right back the annual Music Tectonics Conference is known for bringing together people from across the music tech landscape to share ideas and get business done. In 2021, our unique conference approach invites a global audience to participate in parallel universes, in the metaverse, across the planet, and on a carousel by the sea. Mark your calendar for online events October 25th through October 27th, and in-person events outdoors by the sea in Los Angeles on November 2nd. We're maximizing what virtual events do best with two unique platforms. In the morning, we'll bring together dynamic and interactive panels of thought leaders plus our world-famous speed networking so you can share ideas and build relationships frictionlessly across time zones. In the afternoon, we'll add even more serendipity as we invite you to the metaverse. Join us for that feeling of togetherness as you move your avatar through the crowd at a musical instrument demo, drop into the virtual expo hall, or strike up a chance conversation. Don't just talk about innovation in music, experience it at a conference like no other, Music Tectonics. Learn more and get a special early bird ticket price starting June 1st at musictectonics.com. All right, we are back. And as I said, uh, Tom, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about the origin story of TribeXR. You mentioned that you have, there's three co-founders, you guys are friends, you're musicians, and you wanted to do something related to teaching people um, how, to, how to play music, make music. Uh, tell me more, like why did you guys, maybe how did you guys meet and why did you guys go down this path? So uh, we'd all been working in uh, the VR industry on different use cases. So my co-founder, Ozan, for example, um, had uh, worked on a product called High Fidelity, which was uh, Philip Rosedale at Second Life's VR social play. Um, I'd worked on a sports VR product. Um, Hunter had been developing um, VR games. and um, But we, we were all sort of puzzling over, um, you know, different ways that this technology could be used that would solve problems that, could, that existed today and could be solved really effectively because we wanted to... You know, we, I think in the early stages of VR, there was a lot of hype and there wasn't a lot of substance. And now the market's matured. So there's actually substance to the market. There's an audience and you can build real use cases that have value today. And, um, you know, we were super passionate about music. We knew that we wanted to do something in music technology. Um, none of us had ever built a music tech business, which I think was probably a good thing. Because if, if, we, if we knew what uh, the music tech industry had a reputation for we we may we may not have been so gung ho in terms of building a, a consumer music tech product because when you add a music tech product on top of a VR product 
you're you're really screening out a lot of like VC investors and things like that. So, but um, but what I think is fascinating is um, I think both VR and music technology are, are undervalued as sectors because you know music is one of the food groups of life, along with sports and food and family and so on, friends. Um, and uh, VR is, in my opinion, the next kind of computing platform. So, you know, we've always been bullish on this as a huge opportunity, and we and we still are, and we're starting to see it bear fruit. Um, but yeah, in terms of the context on the founders, um, my background prior to Tribe was I co-founded a company called Super Awesome, um, which was acquired by Epic Games last year, the creators of Fortnite. Uh, Super Awesome made the internet safer for kids, and it's now a fully owned subsidiary of Epic. Um, before that, I built a, a number of different startups. Uh, my co-founder, Ozan, was ex-Pixar, worked on Academy Award-winning movies. And um, Hunter, as I mentioned, um, uh, built his own game studio. We, we all had experience building multiple startups. We've had several exits, um, but we all have social as a, um, a key part of our sort of backgrounds and interests. And so we'd always wanted to build a consumer social platform at scale, because I think that's where you really have impact. That's that's really cool. It's great to hear the background to see how you came here. And also, I, I mean, there were some great nuggets in there that you talked about sort of the undervalue of music tech and, and VR in the future that even the way that you talk about VR being the next computing platform. I mean, a couple, a year or two ago, two years ago, smart speakers were the next computing <laughs> platform in a way, right? <laughs> the interface was invisible, right? And so it's interesting to think about an invisible interface versus one that envelops you, um, mm -hmm. which is uh, super, super interesting. Um, they're like, they're like inside out of the same thing in a way. Um, so getting back over to kind of like the experience of, of people who are using TribeXR, um, you know, you, you talk about aspiring DJs using state-of-the-art equipment, stuff that would normally cost thousands of dollars, and now maybe they're paying a, up to $30 a month to have the experience and so forth. Do you see members transferring the skills and equipment that they master in this virtual world, TribeXR, to real-life settings later? Yeah, so we're, we're already starting to see that. So the skills that you're learning on in TribeX are on equipment that has one-to-one -one functionality with the real thing. So if you're you know, working on a DJM 900 Nexus 2 mixer, you've got all the effects, you've got all the same buttons. And in specifically with DJing, a lot of what you're learning is processes and timing and key matching and beat matching and so on. Um, but the, what you learn is directly transferable. And we've seen this um, evidenced by the fact that some of our community members are now professionals. They're now playing in real clubs and they've started learning in tribe and spent, you know, now a year and a half on, they're, they're actually building their own brands. They're becoming performing artists. Um, we also have this other end of the spectrum, which is professional DJs who've found tribe coincidentally and started using it and then kind of come to us and said, hey, I want to try using this as a for a stream or I want to create some lesson content. Uh, we worked with an artist recently called Ladato. Um, uh, he's on Spinning Records and he, he did a new release in Tribe. He created an environment in Tribe. Um, and that came because he found Tribe by chance. It wasn't that we went and pitched him. And he then reached out to us and said, hey, I want to do something really cool. So, so we see it at both ends of the spectrum, but the skills are directly transferable. And, it, and it's both ways. If you already know how to DJ and then you buy Tribe, you're going to know how to use Tribe because it's the same kit. You just need to learn the control system and then you're, you're ready to go. 
That's that's super cool. So yes, some people are going into uh, using the actual equipment later, but some people are going the other direction, and, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, I'm actually playing my equipment less and, and doing it in the virtual world, but then building an audience from there." Well, I, th- I think what we found really interesting, really interesting, over the last um, year, it's not been such a major problem. But when artists were traveling, often the night before a gig they wouldn't have access to equipment in the room. But now with a VR headset like an Oculus Quest, you can throw it in a backpack and take it with you. And because you've got Tribe on there, it's actually really useful for a traveling artist to go and practice their set before the gig. And we, we heard tons of anecdotes of artists saying, you know, the night before playing this huge club, they were sat in the room on their um, Mac with a little like crossfader trying to like remember all the transitions because you know, you wouldn't necessarily go and set up all your kit in the room. And um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot of like uh, benefits to the portability of uh, VR that appeal to professional musicians. It's so interesting. I went to the AWE augmented reality conference a few years ago when I was like realizing that VR was a bit of a heavy lift because of the equipment. Right. And I was thinking, well, AR you know, you've got the device already in your pocket and you start to see these cool um, these cool implementations of what the possibilities, although nothing really was taking off. When I went to that conference, I was like, the one thing that looked like it was really going to take off was commercial, like industrial uses of augmented reality for like training people how to use equipment and so forth. And like right now, I'm as you're talking about that, I'm having flashbacks to these like factory settings. They're showing how you can use a tablet to actually see how to fix a device or main maintain a, a, a large machine or whatever. And I'm like, this is literally the parallel world that you're talking about for, for DJs. It's this, this, and, and of course now with the, with the quest two, it's so accessible now, so portable. You don't even have to plug it into your computer that it makes it super, super accessible for something like, like what you're saying. It's like, this is the commercial industrial training side of DJing is what yeah. you got. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's really fascinating. You're, you're, you're totally right. And I'm familiar with that conference and, um, you know, we we saw in the early days of Tribe, we saw a lot of um, B2B industrial training products, medical training products and things like that, which are great. Um, but we took inspiration from platforms like masterclass.com and, and other sort of mass market training platforms um, because we were like, hey, you know what? We could do this but for consumers, for people who were focused on creative skills who wanted to develop their passions so that we're training them not just for their jobs, but for life. And so that was kind of part of the inspiration um, for Tribe. Um, but what's really fascinating is as we've developed this, we developed this as a consumer platform, but then we we actually built a relationship with Pioneer DJ because they were kind of interested in what we're doing. And we now have a global partnership with them and their official equipment and Tribe. And um, we've spoken with them a little bit about like, hey, you know what, you could use this in the production process for your um your new decks you could have user feedback on you know hey i want the button here and then you don't have to build like physical prototypes or they could use it for training their resellers you know so reseller most a company like pioneer dj they often sell through um companies like guitar center or sweetwater and you know every time they launch a new product they have to send people in and train the salespeople. um so there's there's definitely some benefits in a sort of industrial training and production um, in the those sides of the industry, 
Um, and it, it may be that like in some ways tribe is used in that way as well, but that's not what we intended it for. We intended just to make more DJs. So cool. Interesting. And, and are, would you say that there are career opportunities for VR DJs? I mean, if you've learned in VR, can you actually monetize, uh, or, um, it plays shows that feel like a commercial show would? Yeah. So, so we, we actually have some, um, DJs who are already doing that. So they're actually performing online in different events, different clubs they are getting paid for it, um, using tribe and actually streaming their tribe sets into these other, um, worlds. Um, so there's that aspect, the performance side. And then, um, we've had a couple of DJs perform in VR in real clubs, um, which is often more of a curiosity. People think they, they can't quite get their heads around it. Um, and, uh, so that's quite a spectacle when people are watching a VR DJ with a screen behind them playing in a real club. Um, but in the main, so there, the, the D in that case, the DJ is actually there in the club with their master. headset on. So you can see them. Yeah. Um, it, but then you can see the virtual world behind them. Exactly. And that's been, that's been more as a curiosity for attendees than it has for the DJ, because in, in my personal opinion, it's always better to see the crowd than not. But, um, you know, a lot of clubs want to showcase new, new equipment, new technology. And so we've had a few examples of that. And then there are a lot of DJs now who are starting to use Tribe to give um, lessons and masterclasses almost without our help. It's happening all the time. Um, and we've we've used Tribe in in a training context with some national vocational training schools and music schools. Um, so, for example, TAFE in New South Wales, we, we had a partnership with them and we, we trained some of their students. Um, and so we had teachers there who were making an income training their students. Um, so there are a multitude of different ways, but, um, yeah, so we think it's just scratching the surface. Certainly during the pandemic, it was a very useful sort of ancillary income for DJs who, some of whom had just lost all of their gigs for the year. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and, and are, are DJs actually able to build an audience in this format? Is there, uh, are there some examples of shows that stand out that, that, you're like, oh yeah, this was a this was a huge turnout or or a new turnout. People discovering the work of a DJ. Yeah, so we so we had um, we we did a an event with Beatport um, to launch our Beatport Link integration and Tribe, and that was streamed on their Twitch channel. And I think over the course of nine hours, we had maybe three hundred, five hundred thousand people tune in. So the concurrent viewers got up to maybe thirteen, fourteen thousand which is a huge number. That's like a festival stage. And um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the DJs who are performing were just stoked by this because they, they probably never played to such a huge crowd. Um, and, uh, you know, we've done similar events with a, a company called 5DX in London and um, with uh, Dash Radio in LA for their Snowsgiving event um, where we had DJ Ski perform straight after Cascade, I think, Um in VR and he had just thousands of people uh, concurrently, you know, watching. And what's really interesting is there's a, there's a two-way interaction that happens. So if you're watching on a platform like Twitch, you can send a message and the performer in VR sees it so they can see the message react to it. You can also put requests up, you can influence the videos that are behind the DJ. So you can like put GIFs from Giphy up behind them. So there's all these kind of different ways that the audience is interacting. And it gives them a sense of agency, which, you know, certainly during the pandemic, when during these streams, 
having that sense of agency is, is kind of really important for the audience. This is super interesting. I'm, I'm having a blast talking about this. We have to take one more quick break. Um, and when we get back, we'll talk a little bit more about how people are building their fan base with Tribe XR. And you mentioned the pandemic too. So we'll get into a little bit about what it's been like during this period. We'll be right back. What's up, beautiful listeners? I've got a question for you. What do you want to hear next? Let me know at pages.musictectonics.com slash feedback. Suggest future guests and music tech topics you want to hear us cover and tell us how we're doing. Again, that's pages.musictectonics.com slash feedback. Look forward to hearing from you. Okay, we're back. And Tom, I wanted to, we were just talking about before the break about kind of uh, what some of the audience interaction is. If you're an aspiring DJ in Tribe XR, does the platform itself have the opportunity for people to build a fan base, even if you're just getting started? So um, you can build a fan base in different ways. Um, the, the core essence of Tribe XR focuses on the performer, the creator. Um, so we've, we've focused the actual in VR experience around smaller groups. Um, so, you know, eight, 16 in a room, um, that sort of size, primarily for classes, for gatherings, for hanging out with, um, other people. And, um, a lot of the dynamics of those small groups is you'll have a teacher and students, or you'll have, um, you know, groups of people hanging out. We've now implemented um, a way that you can then amplify those small groups um, by having people essentially um, call into that experience also from VR or from outside and again interact with the teacher or the performer. So we're starting to see um, uh, tribe creators playing to in VR, playing to kind of 200 people, 300 people. And then there's now this this next layer, which is you know plugging tribe into broader metaverses. Um, so we're we're starting to see some of our performers reach you know much bigger numbers than that. So yeah, you can you can start in tribe and really build a reputation, build a brand. Um, we also have a Discord community where a lot of our community hangs out and interacts. That's quite common with VR products with gaming um, communities. And um, you know we've got DJs. I can course I'm out by name, but there's a DJ called Illuminati. She started learning in tribe. She's now a professional DJ. She plays in San Francisco and all over the place. Um, but really she's built her brand online and, and she's gaining a very good reputation. She's a brilliant DJ. She's also a creative, so she's fantastic with visuals. And, um, yeah, we, we like to, <laughs> to think of her as, you know, she's really, you know, she started with us. And now she's at the point where she's hopefully going to get, you know, much bigger than us. And that's what we want. We want we want this talent to kind of progress beyond tribe and go on and become global stars. That's that's always been awesome. the dream. Yeah, that that must be thrilling to actually have those that that level of development get through to the point where people are playing real real crowds and and building their career elsewhere as well. So congrats on that. You know, we, you mentioned you know this being a, a bit of an outlet for DJs and creators during the pandemic. What has it been like in terms of traction during the pandemic? We've had you know on the podcast we've talked to a lot of live streaming platforms and to remote, remote collaboration platforms and educa music education platforms as well. And and it's kind of a lot of those. Uh, platforms kind of blew up during, in a good way, during yeah. the, during the pandemic, where there was a lot of um, traction. Is that what you've seen with Tribe XR? What have you seen go on in the last year? Absolutely. You know, we 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 saw a lot of growth. So, you know, to give you hard numbers, I think our 
Q1 2021 numbers were up about 4.5x year on year versus 2020. So like pretty significant growth. Um, and the impacts of those users has amplified as well. So actually, we're finding now that our brand is much better known within the industry that, you know, a lot of um, artists come to us and, and want to work with us. Um, and, you know, it's, it's partly um, that DJs didn't have gigs to go to or to perform at. Um, so they're looking for other outlets. Um, it's partly because I think um, music is a kind of healing has a, has healing properties during a horrible experience like a pandemic. So being able to hang out with other musicians and just share music and share tips is um, therapeutic. So that really helps. And then, you know, there's, there's been other stuff. So we've been, you know, building our partnerships, rolling out new features and so on. And then there's been an overall market growth in VR. So there's a lot of like different aspects, but we're certainly a lot stronger now than we were a year ago. Um, but we don't think that, you know, at the we're coming to the end of the uh, pandemic thank god you know and we don't think that now it's going to kind of go down we think that you know the world has been somewhat trained in in zoom in online training and collaboration I, I i think virtual concerts online learning all of these things are here to stay and i expect them to grow kind of alongside the reopening of physical events yeah, it's crazy how there's certain aspects like the live industry that took such a big hit. And there's certainly some agencies and businesses and venues that have really struggled. Some, you know, probably aren't making it through. But then there's this sense that there's some things that did happen where technology got fast forwarded by uh, a few years and it's going to lead to a whole new uh, kind of renaissance and, and growth and creativity and creating music and building audiences and so forth so um gosh let's hope it happens yeah. <laughs> asap you know <laughs> well, well you've, you've so. probably seen it with uh, music tectonics you know uh, nothing will replace meeting up in person but if you can't make it it's better to be able to attend remotely so the fact that you're doing well, you both know, you know it's yeah why, why not like why not give yeah. everyone that option it's it's true it's been so interesting because though i'm not in the live music industry as a as a business you know i'm not i'm not producing shows promoting or I'm not an agent or anything like that running a, li a live event like a conference i have had to go through some of the same kinds of um challenges and and alternatives and so forth through the process and it's interesting um what we learned from the pandemic was that there is a better way to do remote online events than what people, you know, like everyone thought of the boring webinar, the sales pitch, and that's pretty much all there is. But we've ended up finding technology for speed networking that's way more efficient than in-person networking. And we have people raving and businesses like getting so much more business done in our online version than they ever could have done in, in real life. Because in real life, there's a lot of distraction and you, you can't actually find who you're looking for as easily. And we've like almost like made serendipity more efficient in some of the online stuff, which is cool. Now it doesn't feel the same right like yeah. so we're really excited this year so that we're going to do both right and the other thing the online thing allows for is people all over the world to connect i mean it's really expensive to travel abroad for a conference um Absolutely. and so we're getting participants from parts of the world that we never could have gotten before too and hopefully eventually they'll come up with um you know successful enough businesses to, to fund them coming to yeah. real person events as well but yeah no i'm really glad you pointed that out because it has been such an amazing learning experience and there really are advantages of of some of the online stuff that you could lean into. Um, and so I'm sure you've seen that with TribeXR. Absolutely. And I, I think what I'm most excited by is um, 
it's really accelerated innovation and awareness and adoption of these technologies. But, you know, the, the pandemic has only been, well, I say only, it's been almost 15 months now. Um, but, you know, we're only, 15 months is nothing in terms of innovation. I think a lot of these technologies are just going to keep evolving, keep improving over time. So, and I, I think that's where I see VR and AR fitting into this. It's going to be like, hey, once these headsets are better, lighter, faster, cheaper, um, it's going to be great. Like, not only will you just be on screen with someone, but you can like meet them in, as if they were there in your room or collaborate with them and make music or whatever you want to do. So I think there's a lot of innovation to come. Awesome. I want to get into some other things that you're keeping an eye on before we wrap up. But before we do that, I want to ask you, what's next for Tribe XR? So we 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 have a pretty um, aggressive uh, product schedule. Um, so we're bringing new new tools into Tribe XR. Um, so for example, we're bringing out uh, vinyl decks um, to go alongside the CDJs. So a musician, a DJ will be able to configure their studio how they want. Um, we're ba- making better ways to kind of integrate with different social platforms. We're actually tr- we've been working on the problem of hey, how do we really amplify um, these performances, these lessons? How do we get thousands of people connecting simultaneously? And what are the considerations around that? You know, what um, do people have to raise their hands or how do they interact? So we've been thinking a lot about those type of problems, and uh, we're starting to experiment a little bit beyond DJing in in um, creating samplers and um, allowing live music production within those performances so that people can start making, you know, loops and beats and so on. Um, And really, from our perspective, it's about giving our creator community the tools and the the ways to amplify their creations and then letting them go and do with that what they want. Um, So those are really the main focuses over the next kind of six months. That's cool. So it sounds like some some optimization on the creativity side and then some amplification on sort of more engagement. Absolutely. And um, yeah, just continuing to build the community, building relationships with artists, working more closely with our various partners. Love it. It sounds great. Uh, can't wait to, to dive in myself and see more about what you're doing. So I love asking folks like you who are kind of in a very specific seat of our music tech and innovation space, what other trends or companies are you keeping it out for, say, in 2021 or leading into the future? What, what, what's kind of uh, floating your boat beyond what's immediately in front of you? Obviously, you got to run your company and, and, and build from there. But are there other trends, uh, things that are emerging or even companies that you want to shout out? We, we, we see a ton of really amazing, innovative companies. So I'll try to keep this short. Um, I think it's going to be fascinating seeing how the transition from pandemic to post-pandemic happens and the, the companies that, that kind of straddle that. So, you know, the, some of the some of the best products for uh, online networking um, and events like Hopin and companies like that, it's going to be really interesting to see how they then broaden and, and appeal beyond the pandemic. For me personally, my biggest fascination in these is in these massive metaverses, these worlds like, you know, Fortnite and Roblox. And um, my uh, personal passion would be to be able to provide a lot of those different platforms with like tribe DJs, tribe lessons and so on. So we've been exploring that um, a little bit. And but th- those type of companies are just fascinating. So always keeping an eye on, you know, emergent metaverses. I think within VR, seeing how Facebook's Horizons products um, plays out is going to be really fascinating. 
And, um, you know, we, we are always personally fascinated in some of the new hardware technologies in the space. So I know Snap has just pro produced a new pair of uh, Snap spectacles, um, which are sort of AR capable. And there's a lot of work coming from Apple and from Oculus and different headset manufacturers that are going to kind of accelerate the industry. So we're always keeping an eye on them. Um, but yeah, for me, it's really the metaverse is the last kind of group that we're fascinated by is this, um, you know, products within the creator economy. So, you know, how do people at home who are creating content, make a career, make money, spread the word of what they're doing. And, um, you know, I work closely with a company called Genflow in the UK, which is works very cl uh, closely with influencers and it helps them build stores and brands out of themselves. So let's say you're a fitness influencer on Instagram with a, you know, a million followers. Um, why work with Nike when you yourself could be the brand and you can create your own products and distribute to your own network? I, I think those type of creator economy um, technologies are going to be really important moving forward. Oh, super interesting! Wow, that's interesting. What What about the spatial audio side? I mean, I, I I hear about it in the on the music industry side. I'm really curious about how people in VR are thinking about that. What the influence is going to be? I know, like when we've used Deggy World for um, yeah. some of our online events, one of its key features is the fact that you can kind of hear sound. You yeah. know, as you get closer and further and things like that, and it gives you a sense of being somewhere. And it's yeah. so interesting to me that even without the VR headsets, you're still feeling a, a, a sense of being somewhere just because of that audio influence. What's What do you see happening there? I think we, we see a lot of interesting spatial audio products. In the context of Tribe, spatial audio mainly relates to talking to other people in a room setting and proximity and location. Um, generally, if you're in a club, and you're playing a DJ set, you're not really going for spatial audio. You're going to, you're essentially drowning people in sound. Um, <laughs> so, you know, spatial audio for us is less important on the music side. Although if you had say an orchestra or something like that, it may be more important. Um, but for us, it's really around how do you make um, better sort of social interactions around the lessons. And um, we've been fortunate in that um, there are a lot of spatial audio tools that fit with the stack that we use, so Unreal Engine and so on. Um, and so we see that as really benefiting, um, the future of, uh, the way that we conduct lessons, um, for us, uh, the, 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 bigger question around amplification, we've been exploring integrating services like Agora, which is the platform on which I believe clubhouse is built. Uh, they do sort of video and audio streaming. And we've been thinking about that in the context of sort of two way calls between audience and creator. Um, you know, it's the sort of technology that a company of our size, we're, we're still a small startup, um, you wouldn't want to try and build that yourself whilst also trying to solve the problem that you're trying to solve. So working with a partner like Agora is, is great and that's helped us a lot. Um, but we, we're really fascinated in those type of amplifying technologies at a deeper level. Very cool. Okay, I've got one last question, then we're going to wrap up. If you could wave a magic wand and change or improve anything relating to VR right now, what would you want to fix? Um, I think the main problem with VR currently is that it's primarily a home use product. So you're not going to sit on a bus or in a train with a VR headset on because you can't see the world around you. Um, so most people are using it at home. So I think the portability 
and the ability to use the product outside to switch between AR and VR to overlay the real world. I think that's the direction in which the hardware is going to go. Um, and I think that portability will probably open up the market a lot. Um, I guess the second thing is it would be great to have more VR owners, but that's happening. It's, it's, it's happening slowly. But I think we're, we're not yet at that iPhone 3 moment where there's, you know, a, one headset that changes the market dramatically. The Quest 2 has been fantastic, but I think the next iteration of Quest hopefully will be that moment. Awesome. Tom, this has been a blast to talk to you. I feel like we got a deep dive into what it's like to be running a, a really cool, innovative VR company in the music space, which is why I always like talking to you and brought you into the Music Tectonics Conference world as well. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope you can join us as the conference unfolds later this year. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Music Tectonics. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We put out new episodes every week. Want more? Find it at musictectonics.com. You can dig deeper into this episode, learn about our annual conference, get the Music Tectonics app, and sign up for our newsletter. Musictectonics.com has it all. Also, look for Music Tectonics on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Clubhouse. And connect with me, Dimitri Vitsa, on LinkedIn. Peace. You're listening to Music Tectonics.